Hello, everybody. I'm Clay Brees, and this is The Point. We unpack the objective truth. This blue-chip discussion is for all of Southeast Pennsylvania, Delaware Valley. The Point is the place to be for compelling discussion not heard anywhere else. We supremely unpack the details and expose the hidden facts of the initiatives being supported by our lawmakers and our candidates who are running for office. We also discuss the developments and the milestones that are not being thoroughly reported by the phony propaganda, Pravda, fake news every day. The, 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 the sultans of sinister that, uh, that are going after our president every day. We appreciate you all tuning in. And again, I, I want to start off by, by thanking our listeners because we are proud that you've made us your guiding light in times of political upheaval and turmoil like this Chinese plague. We Look, we unpack the truth in a way that just packs a, a real punch. And, and that's why we're here. And we do appreciate you tuning in. So let's just jump right into it a little bit here. You know, we've got to ask ourselves, is what happened, you know, is what happened, was it deliberate or, or whatnot by the Chinese? And, and we got to ask, what would a biological war look like? If there was a biological war, what, what would it look like? How, how would it be facilitated? Is this plague a biological attack? And, and why would the communists, logically, well, folks, a biological war would look like what we are seeing right now, okay? Uh, I mean, in some cases, it might be something more extreme, I mean, where the death rate was higher than, you know, 1% or a half a percent. It might be something where the death rate was like 50% or more, okay? But whatever the case is, it's... Uh, it would look like what we're seeing. It would best be facilitated as well by releasing it within the boundaries of the guilty country, the attacking country. That way they, they can control the media, the information, and the facts. They can put a lid on everything. They can delay the out, the, the, out, uh, the outpouring of, of information and whatnot and the revealing and, and whatnot, and they can hide it. All right? they, they, look, this has all the earmarks of a biological attack. The communists, well, their motive is clear. Okay. Trump's economy, the new America first trade deals and the America first economic policies have contracted, it's contracted, I should say, the Chinese economy has contracted it substantially. And as uh, Rick Crump would say, uh, the only thing contractions are good for is having children. Okay. Uh, I mean, they're not good for economies. And I think we, we know that the Chinese e economy has been substantially contracting. Some accounts of the economic contraction in China, I think, is so that it's three times worse than what we're seeing right now through this government shutdown here in this country. It's three times worse than what we're going through. Now, that's pretty significant, folks. I don't want to miss that. So now, how, how did this virus get into the public? How did it happen? Was this germane to an exotic food market in China, or was it, or was it an accidental release from a, a biology lab in, in China? Was this a purposeful release, like I said, biological war? These are the questions that we got to get answered. And I want to point out that your hosts here, yours truly, my, my, me, yours truly right here, 
have been declaring that that it appeared that this virus was man-made. I've been saying that on previous shows. I've, I've felt for over a month now that, that there was something funny about this virus because I've been pointing out the characteristics of this virus, that it seems to be something out of a viral lab. And, uh, you, and obviously now we're finding out that it came out of a viral lab in Wuhan, China. And we're, we're learning as well that it's, uh, it's not so much a natural creation germane to the, uh, to a, to a wet food market. Just wet food market is a, a market with live animals. And I actually seen pictures that I cannot unsee with my eyes. I wish I could, but I can't of what a wet food market looks like and the dogs and the cats and the other animals that the Chinese were buying and selling in these markets in Wuhan, China. Uh, it's unbelievable. I mean, I saw the pictures. I just never be able to unsee them. I mean, I'm a dog lover. So to see something like that was just hor- horrific for me. It was, it was ghastly, absolutely ghastly for me to see. I, I just can't unsee that. But I believe all of that now is a smokescreen by the communists. And folks, I, you know, you, we got to ask ourselves because there are some things we know about the characteristics of communist China. There are some things we know. For instance, we know that the communists' leadership have dishonesty and deceit in their DNA. Okay, we, we know that, okay? Uh, we know that the communist leadership also have reposity in their DNA. We know the communist leadership are, are profane people who do not believe in God. And uh, they're just a profane people who, the, the leadership, they have no regard for human life and human rights whatsoever. Communists, and it just, they are, that's just the way they live and that's the way they govern. Through intimidation, through bullying, through scare tactics, through opacity. All of these characteristics in the leadership of, of an evil, oppressive government like communist China can result in an unthinkable outcome. And I think we're seeing that now. I think what's interesting is the this, this selection. I, look, again, uh, you know, there are viruses that could have been released that I'm sure that would take out a whole lot more than, like I said, 1% or a half a percent. But what we're dealing with is we're dealing with, I believe, something. If, look, we know they had a motive, okay? We know that that Trump's America first economy was taking back the U.S. market share of the world economy. And they were taking it from who? From China. We know this. The Chinese economy contracted at least 8% in the last four years, likely more than that. Uh, I should say in the last couple of years, last year, maybe the last year or two, because it took that long for it to take place. But even the uh, what we're seeing now is the supply chains are changing. China saw that their their handle on the global markets was slipping, and they saw that. Now, it's likely we're going to find out most of the details in time, and uh, probably not all the details, because the Chinese will undoubtedly clean up the details and, and give us a, 
a breakdown, their, their rendition of what happened. But my guess is they'll come up with a scapegoat of sorts. They'll find somebody saying, oh, I made the mistake and I released it. And it was horrible. I should never have done it. And, of course, the Chinese will promise punishment on these people. Whatever it is, the, the, the Chinese, look, the world, countries all over the world, not just the U.S., are going to put extreme pressure on the communists to reveal what happened. The World Health Organization helped in the in the cover-up. I believe that's true as well. Why? Well, because the leader of the World Health Organization, Dr. Tedros, well, he is a uh, communist, okay, from Ethiopia. I mean, there's communists everywhere. We had uh, John Brennan in this country. He's a communist. Or he, he headed up our CIA, and he's a communist. We know that. So there may be a connection there, too. I, I don't know. But the people in the World Health Organization, like like Bruce Allwood, the number two guy there, or Maria Konkaroff, she's a senior doctor in the World Health Organization. They're, they're under Dr. Tedros. Well, they knew that this virus was transferable from person to person before January 14th. Now, it's interesting. They knew then before. So we know now from people within the, the World Health Organization that they knew prior to January 14th that this was transmissible person to person. We knew this. We, we found this out. So we had people there that are under Dr. Tedros that, that confessed to that. So, and remember on December 31st that Taiwan told the World Health Organization that this was, in fact, transferable between human to human. That was December 31st. The communists didn't come clean until January the 20th. I think by then they knew it was sufficiently seeded across the world. The communists and the World Health Organization outright tried to deceive the world. Make no mistake about it, folks. <clears throat> Make no mistake about it. <clears throat> These people outright, <clears throat> overtly tried to deceive the world. There's a lot of information out there that says this came from the lab. Not the wet market. As I said, look, the actions taken by the communists, the actions that they took are not consistent with a nation that was being truthful and transparent. The actions they took are not consistent with a nation that realizes they made a mistake. Folks, the actions they took, the communists took, are consistent more with someone practicing in deceit. And, uh, and 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 lying. I mean, that's they they got caught in something, and and we're we're seeing that this is proving out. We now have State Department cables and other evidence out of communist China that the communists released the virus. The only questions I think we have at this point was it intentional or was it a mistake? And and that really is where it comes down. I mean, why did the communists destroy evidence? I mean, we got to ask, why did they destroy evidence? Why did the communists get rid of people, you know, put them in work camps or death squads, you know, and, or they were subject, I should say, to death squads? People that worked in the lab. So why did the communists get rid of people that worked in the lab, ship them off, like I said, to work camps or, so, or, or worse, if the virus wasn't released from the lab? I mean, that's a very compelling point. I don't want to miss that. Why wouldn't a communist allow the, the CDC into the lab? 
Why aren't they allowing us into the lab? Why did the communists corner the market and stockpile PPEs in January? Why did they do that? Folks, they systematically vacuumed up all the PPEs around the world. Make no mistake about it, they cornered the market. And I want to comment on a viral lab anyway. I want to, you know, the, the number one job that a bio-viral lab has is to keep in the lab whatever it is that they're testing. I mean, I can't understate that. That's the number one job they have is to keep whatever it is they're testing within the lab. So it's not likely something would get out by mistake. Does that make sense, folks? I don't, and that's what I don't want to miss on that. Now, we're watching some media malpractice here. The fake news likes to, likes to demonize people who have an opinion, like yours truly here on The Point, that they themselves aren't promoting. Look, the media always labels people like me on The Point here with an opinion other than the narrative that the media is putting out. They always label us as conspiracy theorists. Whenever people like myself come up with a theory that they themselves are afraid or unwilling to report. The sultans of sinister and the Pravda propaganda and the Democrats are seemingly defending the indefensible. They are seemingly defending the communists. This is an amazing fact, folks, and you see it unfold every day in the news. Folks, a conspiracy theory is both a theory and a conspiracy. And the facts fall on China's nefarious role in this. Don't miss it. Whenever questions are asked that they, the media doesn't want to ask, they offer up this twisted sort of peer pressure to not ask the question. Well, Senator Cruz and Senator Cotton both were pointing out this fact weeks ago. We here on The Point were saying, too, that this was a possibility that China released this on on purpose. Now, we were saying this. I mean, I can promise you folks, I mean, this is something that I got to tell you, I, I mean, I, I kind of thought it was happening. But, you know, you want to give the benefit of the doubt to anybody. You don't want to believe the worst. I think I, by nature, more of an optimist and more and, and I, I just want to believe the, the best in people and their best intent. But you, you realize that China really do, I should say, the communists really do have a problem with America first policy. And they were watching their share on the market slip away. We here on The Point have been saying, though, that, that this was, in fact, released in a lab and not in a live meat market. We have been saying that. And we're saying that this virus had to be created by scientists because of the unique characteristics of the virus. You've heard me say this before as well on this show. This virus survives longer outside the body because it has a special layer of fat around it. It also has a longer incubation period, which I think is a very compelling point as well. Again, it has all the characteristics of something. I mean, you could not have a massive pandemic. It's not, it's not as easy with a virus that survives only a few hours outside the body and a virus that, quite honestly, uh, has a short incubation period of three to five or six days. 
I mean, it, because then you, the, the infected people that were seated with the virus and that they would, uh, you'd be able to stop it. What, what I don't want to miss as well, and, and I think, and, and I, I'll get back to what Cruz is suggesting in, in his interview. I believe it was mornings with Maria, but I'll get back to that. But, but, but I want to suggest that, again, it comes back to the idea that the communists realized, I mean, they had to do something. They saw the market shifting and they figured, well, okay, let's, let's do something to shut down the economy. They understand that the weak underbelly of our country and I, if, if you want to call it that, maybe that's not the right phrase for it. But I mean, it's 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 the idea that we value human life more here than they do. Uh, if you were to if, if if they saw hundreds of thousands of deaths and, and of course, we can get into some of those statistics, statistics in a bit. But I mean, it, all indications are. All implications are because we see the facts. We know that that they had a lot of people die. A lot more than what they're talking about. They've already upped their uh, numbers by fifty percent. I, I think it's that's that's just just one step, one one baby step. I mean, I think they lost ten times what they talked about, maybe twenty times. We also have factual data from their own Ministry of Information and Technology, their own Ministry. That says they have 21 million fewer cell phone users and cell phones in a country that are that are required to survive in the country. Cell phones are required in China. You have to have a cell phone to, to buy and trade anything, to do anything, to go anywhere. But we'll get to that in a moment as well. Look, in the interview of Mornings Maria, Ted Cruz suggested it's plausible to believe that the coronavirus came from a lab in China. Cruz stated that the communists played a critical part in the spreading of this virus, and that it may have escaped from the lab that it was being studied. And Cruz stated that the communists wanted to suppress information regarding the outbreak, which is why they spread ridiculous propaganda, which I might add our own media picked up on and tried to play. That Our media became an apparatus, an arm, if you will, an appendage, if you will, of the Chinese propaganda nonsense and claiming that the American military brought the virus here into China. I, I can I can tell you, folks, that was just, that's insane. We had Secretary of State Pompeo state, look, there's a lot, and, and he stated, look, there's, a, there's lots of work to be done to find out precisely what happened, precisely how this came to be, as Pompeo said. We have a lot of, a lot of work to do to find out. We know this much, though, he said. We know. This is a global pandemic that originated in Wuhan, China. We know that there were wet markets there, we, we, and we, we were beginning to piece facts together. So I think they were all looking at this. And now they're, the U.S. US embassy officials in China did visit the Wuhan Institute of Vir Virology uh, in 2018, and they sent back official warnings to the State Department about the inadequate safety at the lab where researchers were conducting risky studies on bat coronaviruses. That was reported by the Washington Post, oh, about a week or two ago. Now, we, we know that the communists, you know, was, was too late and too slow in providing important information about human-to-human -human spread of the virus. We know this, as we said. 
We know, too, that the World Health Organization let him get away. We talked about that earlier in our show here. One of the most, and that also came up in the interview there. One of the most important facts, though, is, is how quickly this has spread and how easily and readily this has spread. And unfortunately, that information didn't get to the relevant people that could have made decisions earlier that caused the entire world to be on its back foot at a time when it needed to be leaning forward and moving out aggressively. I want to point out the fact that President Trump made the comment, had the Chinese been transparent, had this been an actual mistake, they would have been more transparent up front and we could have nipped it at the bud and kept this from getting out of the Wuhan, the city of Wuhan and the, the, the Hubei province. We could have kept it there. So that's really, to me, another strong indicator uh, that points to this being purposely released. And again, I, I just don't want to miss that. Look, Trump took bold action to withhold funding for the World Health Organization because of this. And if we ask why, it's because this organization put American lives at risk. Now we've watched Nancy Antoinette Palauzi. She's now threatened to challenge Trump on this. She can't, of course, because even though Congress appropriated the money, it was not direct appropriation to the World Health Organization. It was given to the executive branch to give international to give to international organizations. So Trump is within his privilege as the president to withhold the funding. They know this. Their 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 China centric policies, as Trump likes to call them, China centric. The World Health Organization is China centric, and their policies and leanings caused the deaths around the world to be twenty times worse than it should have been, and that's why Trump withheld the money. I look, I support the president. But again, here's some irrefutable facts on the virus, on the Chinese role in releasing it. The Chinese government played a they they did play a critical part in causing this this plague to be as bad as it as it is because they suppressed information. So we know that they suppressed information first thing, and they they kept out the international health experts and refused anyone from any other country to come in and cover it, to look at it and just understand it. So that's a very strong, compelling point that this was on purpose, okay, and not a mistaken release. We know, too, that, number two, we know that they punished and silenced the whistleblowers and did everything they could to hide the public health crisis that was unfolding. Again, they, what, what do I mean by punished and silenced? Well, they killed them or they put them off in some work camp someplace. That's what I mean. Look, had they, again, had they been transparent, had this been a mistake, I mean, I think they would have been more open to letting us step in and help them. They wouldn't have been trying to cover this up. Look, no one is arguing against the fact that this is a biological, well, I, I shouldn't say no one is arguing. I think the Democrats would argue that this is a biological weapon. But I think we all can understand that this virus in the, vir in the virology lab in Wuhan, China, was working for the Chinese army to create viruses. It's a biological weapon. In fact, what seems plausible, if not likely, is that this was a virus that was being studied at the laboratory, at the laboratory itself. We categorically know that they were studying viruses 
and the virus development and spreading it that was and, and basically that was uh, that started with bats and they, we know this but this is a known fact folks it is also number four it's also indisputable that they were studying the coronaviruses at the lab and the natural imprint is visible when the outbreak takes place right next to where they were studying the virus. I also think that was a smoke screen, though. I, I do. I think that's part of their plan. The virus was being studied at the lab, and it did get out into the population. We know that. We just don't know if it was intentional or, 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 or mistaken. I think, I think a lot of the indications are that it was intentional. Look, the communists are grossly underestimating their own death tolls. And we know that, as I stated earlier, <clears throat> as I started to get into it, I'll, I'll elaborate more here. The crematories in the city of Wuhan in the Hubei province show that the fatality numbers are likely what they're showing now, one-tenth or one-twentieth of what they're reporting. Radio Free Asia and the Epic Times have reported that many fatalities never got to the funeral homes and the crematories, folks. They had whole villages that just disappeared. And I talked about this a little earlier, the 21 million cell phone users that just disappeared from the planet. Uh, there certainly may be an explanation here, but I just can't think of it. OK, look, the communists govern this country and, and this is a country that uh, does not. Well, they require these. They require their subjects, not citizens, to have cell phones. So that the communist authoritarian, authoritarian leaders can keep track of these people. The Chinese need a cell phone to generate health codes as well as to buy and sell anything or to pay for anything. So it's impossible for anyone to cancel their cell phone. They can't do it. Now, the Minister of Industry and Information, as I said, technology reported the reduction in cell phone accounts by 21 million. I mean, you can't that, that just I don't want to miss that. And I want to look at the COVID timeline a little bit because we're seeing this. Because keep in mind that the Chinese, the communists, were keeping the, these facts from us. I don't want to miss this. In December 10th of last year, the first patient became ill that they reported. December 14th, the World Health Organization told the world that the Chinese plague is not contagious. From that day through February, House Intel Committee the House, the House committees, all the subcommittees, were engulfed in impeachment, not virus infiltration. Uh, they weren't looking at anything. Okay, the House Intel Committee, the House Intel, all the subcommittees in the House. But looking again back at 20, December 27th, the Wuhan health officials are told that a new virus is causing the illness. Now, now we got a little bit more into the. Uh, December here, and we're seeing that these health officials are told that this that there's something specific calling the, causing the, Ill, the illness. On December 30th, A. Fen, who's a top director at the Wuhan Central Hospital, he posts information on WeChat about the new virus. She was reprimanded for doing so and told not to spread the information. Then she disappeared. The, ne the next day, China announces that they are investigating a, a pneumonia outbreak. Now, what's interesting here is, again, they're, they're investigating a pneumonia outbreak, but they knew, again, the evidence is clear that they knew that the coronavirus was causing these illnesses. 
But it was too soon for them to make the announcement. Again, they, they were trying to, I think, and again, this all kind of dovetails in with proving that, it gives, you know, proving that they were, in fact, keeping this from the American public. Because if the American public and the world knew that this was a biological attack and they found out a month and a half too early, then the, they would not have the results they have right now and in, in, um, the fatality rates. So the next day on January 1st, okay, we had eight other doctors who posted information on WeChat who were called in for questioning and threatened to shut up. And again, they disappeared. Now, on January 7th, a week later, CDC established an incident management system. So now we're starting to look at this and wonder. And Xi Ping became personally involved in this response. Four days later, on the 11th, the Wuhan Health Commission, <clears throat> they were brought in and insisted there were no new cases of the virus spread. Again, the World Health Organization on the 14th stated that the stated that Chinese authorities have found no clear evidence of human-to-human -human transmission of this novel coronavirus in Wuhan, China. Now, on the 17th of January, the CDC sent 100-plus staffers to specific U.S. airports to screen travelers who had been in Wuhan. So now we're looking at this on the 17th a little bit. And then the next day, China hosted its annual Lunar New Year banquet. Now, again, I think this is all part of the plan in seeding this around the world because tens of thousands of people gathered for a potluck in Wuhan, China, which is, again, the epicenter of this bacterial viral outbreak. And then two days later, to cover their bases, if you will, now they're going to admit that this can spread from person to person. So I think their goal was to, to this Lunar New Year banquet, that was their goal, to have that be the opportunity for everyone around the world to get this virus and bring it back to their, their, their country of origin. Again, all of this was part of the plan. On the 21st of January, the CDC activated its emergency operations center. Now, we had the first American diagnosed with COVID on, on, the, on the 21st of January. And six days after that, on the 27th, Trump's travel ban kicked in with China. On January 30th, the World Health Organization announced now that this is a public health emergency and a global threat. So now we're... Now, here we are on the 30th of January. This is now a global threat. And then on the 31st, Trump issued quarantines and announced a, a quarantines, by the way. I want to point out this is the first time this country's done quarantines in over 100 years. And he announced a public health emergency for the United States. So Trump announced it on the 31st. Okay. Four days later, on the 4th of February, he addressed it at the State of the Union. Trump was over there talking about it. And I want to point out that the, the Democrats, in their debates in February, in their debates, it's factually, folks, that they did not talk about the COVID pandemic at all in the month of February. They, they had at least one debate, I think maybe two, but certainly one in February, 
in any debates they've had, they don't they didn't bring this up. I mean, this is what's in, this is a very distinctive, indisputable fact, folks. Don't miss it. Now, racist and xenophobic on the sixth of February for this China travel ban. So all these people that are now saying that Trump should have done something in February were the same people that didn't want to address this in Democrat debates. These are the same people who were calling Trump a racist and xenophobic for instituting a travel ban. And then these are the same people, Nancy Pelosi, Antoinette, Nancy Antoinette Pelosi, on the 24th of February, calling Trump a racist, encouraging people Okay, encouraging people to to congregate and gather and celebrate in Chinatown while at the Dim Sun Corner restaurant. She did this, folks. Make no mistake about it. This was this was reported in San Francisco. She did this. And then she's on Fox News Sunday this past week. And Chris Wallace didn't even ask her that. That never approached. Well, if you believe that this was something that Trump should have addressed in February, why were you at the end of February encouraging people to congregate and celebrate in Chinatown at the Dim Sun Corner Restaurant? Why were you doing that? See, that did not, that aggressive cross-examination never happened. Why? Why is that? Because Chris Wallace is part of that, that, that anti-Trump movement that is trying to to, to basically create a nuance that Trump, or report a nuance that Trump should have done something, when in fact Trump did everything according to the information he had. This is the, I mean, again, Nancy Pelosi claimed this past Sunday that in February, Trump should have declared this, this economic lockdown. And again, Chris Wallace did not, did not, cross-examine her with this other very relevant point. Okay. I mean, Chris Wallace didn't ask her, say, well, well, Nancy, I mean, I mean, why did Dr. Fauci, when he was being interviewed in all the task force, when they were being interviewed throughout February, why were all, why were they all declaring that this was a low risk and that nobody was going to get caught and no, you don't need to wear masks and, you know, mask, matter of fact, trying to wear masks might increase your chances of getting sick because you're touching your face more than you should. And all this came out in February. All this discussion happened in February. But Chris Wallace failed to offer that cross-examination to Nancy Pelosi. Instead, he just let Nancy Antoinette Pelosi create her little talking point and create her narrative. So let's look at the birth of a narrative. I'm going to look at the media malpractice and we could start with the, sul the Sultan of Sinister, Mr. Chris Wallace himself, as he's acting the part right now. But let's look at the media malpractice on the propaganda networks and their attempt to help Nancy Antoinette set up her talking point. That all began this past Sunday. Well, probably before then. I mean, I've got other incidents with Jake Tapper that happened prior. But Chris Wallace let her get away with it. I was just taken by that. Again, you know, here he is. I mean, he's he's jumping on Pelosi's talking point by declaring Trump's slow response. Interviewed, and she didn't understand why the people are protesting to get back to work. She was asked, she says, I just don't understand why they're protesting. See, she what she doesn't understand, because she doesn't understand 
capitalism. She doesn't understand what people struggle with. She doesn't understand why people go to work every day. Why? Because she doesn't, she's a, she's a multimillionaire and she lives on the beachfront property in San Francisco. Her house is probably worth more than most personal residents anywhere in the world. I mean, literally she's got a mansion that's blocked in with a wall. It's a fortress, if you will. And she's in front of her $20,000 refrigerator eating her, her $15 pint of ice cream. I mean, she's so aloof, folks. She's just absolutely aloof. That's why she doesn't understand why people are protesting to get back and work. She doesn't understand that people want to provide for their families so they can all ensure that they're pursuing their own happiness. She doesn't get that. She doesn't understand that people want to provide for their family and they're fed up with the nanny state rule. She doesn't understand that. See, we watched Chris Wallace attempt to give Nancy Antoinette an open door to put out one of her talking points, and Nancy Antoinette, Nancy Antoinette did not fail to do that. She's trying to claim that Trump's response was an F, and it wasn't timely. I guess she feels that Trump would go against Fauci's claims, and as I said, all those claims throughout February, all of his task force was saying in multiple interviews, of getting infected with this virus and masks were not significant as I stated but see Chris Wallace didn't add that relevant point in his cross his softball cross-examination if you even want to call it a cross-examination you know too bad Chris too bad Chris Wallace didn't ask Nancy Antoinette about her encouraging the gathering on the on the 20 too bad she she you know he didn't ask her that at all why did you want to gather at your Chinatown Nancy I don't get that you know, he didn't even ask her about her attempts to hold up the CARES Act to include funding for Planned Parenthood. To hold up the CARES Act to include funding, okay, for the sanctuary cities. Or funding for the arts and the election law changes that she wanted. Or to hold up the CARES Act so she could add increased fuel emission standards for jet fuel. She wanted to give all that help to the airlines that they need by increasing their cost to do business. See, Chris Wallace failed to remind Nancy Antoinette that the number three House Democrat, James Clyborne, stated that he wants to use the Chinese plague as a vehicle to usher in his socialist programs. That's kind of a paraphrase to what he said, but that's tantamount to what he is. He said, we, we, can, we can rebuild our economy in, in, in an image that we want it to be. Well, what do they want? They want bigger government programs. They want to abolish the 10th Amendment, folks. They want government to take care of everybody. They want to abolish the 10th Amendment. That's what they want. You know what's interesting, too, is we missed the headlines. We missed the headlines that Trump was right on his prediction with how many ventilators were needed in New York. That, 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 that wasn't reported anywhere. I mean, Andrew the Pious Cuomo stated he needed 40,000. Trump said he needed about 8,000. Trump right, Cuomo wrong. I mean, I didn't see the headline that said that. We missed it because it didn't happen, folks. The media missed it. They, they just deliberately kept that out of the news so they could push the narrative that Trump responded slowly. I missed the headline that the impeachment inquiry was a giant distraction during a very critical time in the timeline of this plague, as I talked about earlier. That headline didn't take place because it didn't exist. And we also missed the headline that the phony Russian collusion and the impeachment 
that hurt this country, weakened the president presidency with lost ground that we can never get back. I didn't hear that cross-examination coming from Chris Wallace or these other sultans of sinister and the fake news. You know, I mean, the make China great again globalists, folks, they're just they they're just keeping those facts from the public. But I think what's very interesting on this is Trump is unfiltered. All right, he's unfiltered with his news briefings every day. And about eight and a half, between eight to 10 million people watch him every day. And 80 percent, folks, 80 percent of the people that watch Trump's press briefings, that's 80 percent of the eight to 10 million every night. I mean, every night being seven days a week are watching him on the Fox News because they're they don't want to be they, they don't want a filtered, edited president. They want to see him unfiltered and unedited. So they're watching the the, 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 the news briefings on Fox. So Fox News every night from six to like seven, seven thirty, eight o'clock, somewhere in that window for an hour and a half to two hours, you've got eight to ten million people watching these briefings. And Fox is getting 80% of the audience and 20% is getting the, well, 20% of the audience prefers to be, to, to see the filtered edited version from the fake experts on CNN and MSNBC. But just to give you our listeners an, an understanding, 8 to 10 million is the audience of a general audience of a Monday night football game. So he's, he's got the audience of a Monday night football game every night. That's why he's doing these briefings. Now, I'm going to get into the talking points in a little bit from uh, Nancy Antoinette and the Democrats. I want to get into what they are because I want to let our listeners know in the remaining time we have. I want to let our listeners know why. I mean, basically, we're just going to unpack them so you understand how fake and phony they are. But because I think it's important, you, you don't. You don't see Nancy and you don't see Adam Shifty. You don't see any of these people being interviewed by by CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, and NBC. And yes, even some on Fox News like Chris Wallace. They're not calling out Democrat talking points as inaccurate or outright dishonest. They're not going to do it. But we will do that right here on The Point. And that's why I think you listen to us because you know that we're going to give you accurate information. And again, you know, you can get into the, uh, I mean, they, they've lost a lot of credibility. I think reason people are now looking at the news with not just a grain of salt, but maybe like a truckload of salt is because you're, you're look, they're looking now at what the missing cross-examination brought us to date. Remember how often we saw Adam Shifty on the fake news, folks, a year or two ago? The fake journalists all failed to ask Shift about the facts that he had claimed were in plain sight. You know, they all failed to ask about the about the mountain of indisputable evidence that Shift claimed that existed for years. Yeah, about the Russian collusion, obstruction of justice, or even the quid pro quo and the impeachment. You know why? Because he claimed that they were all out there. The reason they're not asking him is because because. No one in the fake news reminds any of their fake experts or any of their activist anti-Trump politicians. They don't want to bring it out that there's no that no evidence was found anywhere. They don't want to remind these people that you all were wrong on Russian collusion, 
You all were wrong on quid pro quo. This was an out to get the president day, target Trump. That's what you guys had. And you were all wrong. The Mueller report showed no Russian collusion. That was a sham, and the impeachment sham followed after that. We saw that. All the deep state players claim that Trump required quid pro quo on a call with the Ukrainian president. Well, again, happy no quid pro quo, folks. None of the deep state attempts to take out the president panned out to, in anywhere. And you're not going to see the fake news and the fake journalists ever cross-examine any of their any of their people, any of these people that they're interviewing. They're not going to cross-examine effectively any of these deep state players. They're not going to. This is why I like to remind our listeners that the Pravda Propaganda Networks are, in fact, as Trump used to call them, and I continue to call them, I have been doing it since the year and a half I've been doing this show, they are the enemy of our country, the enemy of the people. Because they keep the facts and the truth out and let the nuance in, innuendo and political narratives in. Facts out, objective points out. No one on the fake news has ever pointed out that Schiff, Pelosi, and others have a horrible, horrible track record with the truth, folks. And that really is the fact here on the point that we're unpacking. That's why the, the sultans of Sinister and the Democrats will never, will, will, they'll never cross-examine with hard questioning. We're never going to see them look into whether any Democrat claims are just wrong or maybe instead a deliberate act of lying <laughs> I mean, you're not going to see that because, well, they don't want to call them out. This is all about a narrative. This isn't about the truth. I was talking to somebody the other day about, well, why is it that people watch, you know, why is it the CNN and the others, they seemingly do this routinely. And the reason they do this, the reason they throw out the softball questions, the reason they don't do hard cross-examination is because they're not looking for, for ratings. They're not looking for profit. They are an activist organization promoting a narrative. They're not a news agency promoting a profit, promoting a product that I should say a product that's out there that people can advertise on and get advertising dollars from the advertising. They're not interested in the profit they make from advertising. They're not, they don't care that they lose and hemorrhage viewers every day and every week and every month. They don't care. They're not pursuing a profit, folks. That's how you know that they're that they're propaganda that they're they're pushing a narrative they're pushing a political agenda that's how you know they're part of the marxist arm if you will they're an apparatus that the marxists use how do you know i say it again because they're not pursuing a profit if they were pursuing a profit they would put out a better product they would have better reporting they would have stronger cross-examinations they would do what it takes to get the news out now, let's look at the uh, the Democrat talking points now, because, again, they, they were revealed. So here's Nancy Antoinette. She was she revealed them on Jake Tapper's show. And, of course, Jake Tapper, again, did not cross-examine anything. But we're going to kind of do that here the best way we can. First claim is that Trump dismantled the infrastructure needed to overcome a pandemic. That's just false, folks. It's blatantly fact, factually patently false. There's just not much more to say on that. That's a lie. Number two, Trump was warned about the virus threat in January, ignored the warnings. Folks, I just went over the timeline. We saw what happened. We saw what the task force was reporting, and we saw what China was keeping from us. 
we saw the timeline. I just I just revealed it, folks. That's a lie. Okay, that's a lie from them as well. Number three, Trump called the pandemic a hoax. Again, this is a fifth dimensional lie, folks. This is outright insanity. Has been disproven and will continue to be disproven over and over. That never happened. Number four. We didn't have proper testing in March, folks. That's what she said. We didn't have proper testing in March. Folks, let me help you here. In March, we had hospitals and medical centers testing tens of thousands of people. Now, the irony here, again, is what was going on in February, and I talked about this earlier, about Nancy Pelosi's, about Nancy Antoinette Pelosi celebrating in Chinatown with a cultural celebration, encouraging people to come in. We also talked about the task force people themselves, Fauci being the main guy here that they all love, that he was out there saying that there is no risk, no threat. I mean, this is the month of February. Anyway, the media deliberately avoids those relevant facts. I think that that's just an amazing thing to me. And the other amazing phenomenon is watching them avoid what did happen in the four weeks from when Trump basically declared the national emergency of 317 to 417. In that four-week period, Trump ramped up testing to 150,000 tests per day. And as of April 17th, we've tested almost 4.5 million people. I think the number's close to 5 million right now, or maybe over 5 million. So again, this is all patently false. And I don't want to miss that. I don't want to miss it. I mean, Trump was able to rally a, the private sector of this country and mobilize mobilize the, the necessary apparatus to build to build the the testing kits, if you will, and the PPEs and everything else we needed to address this. He did all of this in four weeks. I don't want to miss that. But, you know, the media malpractices, they continually, and I mean continually, fail to report that. You know, God created the earth in six days. On the seventh day, looked upon his creation. Well, Trump's, with Trump's leadership and an aggressive effort with implementing medical, scientific, and social economical strategies, Trump created in four weeks. Okay, what did he create in four weeks? He created a task force with a direct line of communication with each governor. As of April 17th, again, I talked about all the people, almost, almost, well, over 4 million people have been tested. As of right now, we're, we're about 5 or a little over 5 million. We're testing 150,000 per day. In four weeks, Trump sent 3,000 public health personnel to New York. In four weeks, Trump has sent the hospital shift to New York and another hospital shift to Los Angeles to help with anticipated need for additional beds, which we now see we didn't need, thank goodness. In four weeks, Trump put uh, uh, put 3,000 beds at the Javits Center and staffed it with medical personnel. Again, we didn't need it, thank goodness, but he did this because the governor of New York asked for it. In four weeks, Trump has built 22 field hospitals and additional alternate care sites in 18 states. In four weeks, Trump has added 8,450 hospital beds in the country in four weeks, folks, four weeks. And using the Defense Production Act, in four weeks, Trump was able to put out more than 8,000 ventilators as of April 17th in different states. Again, we have 
over 10,000 in our stockpile. There's there's almost 9,000 in the federal stockpile right now. He shipped out more than 8,000 to different states as of April 17. In four weeks, there's more than 60,000 ventilators in America not in use as of April 17. And we have another 100,000 ventilators available by the end of June. And I don't want to miss that because we 100,000 ventilators available in, in, in a very short period of time. But in four weeks, we now have 60,000 ventilators not in use in America right now. In four weeks, the American industry is, is, is just is adding all of this PPE. I mean, you think about this as well. Okay. I mean, we've ended up, we've had over 30 million surgical masks, masks shipped, 6 million face shields, 5 million surgical gowns, and 25 million gloves, pairs of gloves. And again, as of, <clears throat> as of the 1st of May, we're going to be having and receiving another 300 million more face masks. Another 200 million more masks will be added by mid-May to bring our stockpile to one half a billion face masks by mid-May. That's what Trump was able to create in four weeks. And, you know, obviously uh, six or seven weeks going into mid-May. But as of as of April 17th, we had almost a million surgical almost a million surgical gowns. Okay, that landed in Dallas, Texas. I should say on April 8th, there was 750,000 surgical gowns. I'm sorry. That landed in Dallas, Texas for the distribution around the country. We are now testing 10 drugs at, at clinical trials now because in four weeks, Trump is taking unprecedented actions to make new drug therapies and treatments available without delay. I mean, Trump is also, uh, again, we have nearly 30 million hydroxychloroquine pills in the U.S. as of April 8th. The CDC is working on new guidelines to ensure better handling of patients by critical frontline medical workers. And through Project Airbridge, we have bought tr brought tr plane loads of vital supplies from overseas to save to save time having them shipped anywhere that where they need to be. We have 3M producing 50, roughly 55 million high-quality face masks each month. Look, I, again, I can get into Apple's producing over a million face shields. Look, all of this is taking place. We even had the Treasury put together a brand new $350 billion lending facility for the banks to help small businesses. That's something else that he did. Look, Trump is at work really putting, getting a lot done. And, and, and the Democrats are just, it just seems like they're looking to prolong this economic shutdown. We had last week on Monday, we had uh, thousands of pro, uh, thousands appear in Harrisburg to demanding the reopening of our economy here in Pennsylvania. And we're all asking, are the Democrats looking to prolong this economic shutdown? And are they using and enlisting the aid of the, prob, the propaganda networks? In short, the answer is yes. And let's let's see why. Let's look at why they're doing it. First, I want to comment. And again, that I don't want to miss the fact that we had thousands appear in Harris, Harrisburg. That was a big deal. But look at the political games being played by the Democrats here. It's sickening. This is one of the most selfish, nearsighted moves in American political history. We're watching the Democrats and Nancy Antoinette deny any more support to small businesses without also funding Planned Parenthood, implementing aspects of the Green New Deal and radically changing election laws. I think, well, 
Look, the bottom line is she's she held up all of this. She held it up. The Democrats are holding it up because they want their own special interests in. I mean, that's why they held it up. Now, with nearly 24 million Americans unemployed, again, I see this as political malpractice, that as of, well, as of Monday the 20th, all of this was held up. I mean, they, they did not pass any kind of additional relief aid to businesses that were struggling as of April 20th. I mean, we've been out of money now. I mean, the the the, the paycheck protection, the, the relief bill, if you will, the $350 million dollars, that's gone. Now that, that's been exhausted. Now we've, as of the twentieth of, of April, that that was, that was gone. That that's been empty. That's that has that's needing re, to be replenished. We've got fifteen House Democrats as of the twentieth of April, and a few senators, Democrat senators, that are asking for this to be replenished. As of April twentieth, this has been uh, depleted now for I want to say, about seven or eight days. And but they're not in a hurry. They want they want their Green New Deal funding. They want their Planned Parenthood funded. Yeah, you know, they want their special interest. They want the rescue of they they they, they want the rescue of of. Uh, oh, I love this one. When she made the comment on the the rescue uh, the rescue that we we passed, we're uh, we're not we're not helping people that were. Uh, you know, without the ability and the finances at, at a bank. I mean, she, she was commenting on the fact that they were uh, trying to think of the word she used, but basically she's, she was, oh, they're underbanked. She called them underbanked, underbanked. She's basically referring to people that businesses like the unemployed artists on Venice beach, that can't ha hand out their paintings or the food trucks that hang around on Venice beach over there on the boardwalk at San Francisco. They can't, they're not out there making money. So she wants to make sure that the next financial aid, supports them. So as of April 20th, it was all held up. Folks, don't miss this. The Democrats are rooting for this thing to continue. They're rooting for a prolonged economic shutdown. Why? Because they want, they're not interested in America first policy. They want a make China great again, globalist policy to be put forward. Don't miss that, folks. Don't miss that. Well, we are out of time. I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. Thanks for being with us today on The Point. We we do thank all of our listeners for tuning in. We appreciate you tuning in every week, every Saturday morning, right here on AM Radio 1180 WFYL for this compelling, distinctive discussion. Some of our audience listens to The Point live at 1180WFYL.com by clicking Listen Live at the website. Some go to YouTube and search WFYL on the YouTube box, and then there's a, there's a Listen Live button there. You can listen there. Others just listen to us on the podcast when it's up, and others just listen to us in the listening area uh, at, when we're during normal air times. However you choose to listen, we appreciate it, folks. We do. That's why we're here. Thanks for tuning in to The Point. See you next week on The Point, folks. I'm Clay Brees. Goodbye for now.